We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Jesse, that's going to do it for our triple option section. But you know what? This is this is the IB Nation Sports Talk Show, Jesse, which means we've got a rapid fire coming up. We always so, got to end with the good yes, rapid sir. Fire. We do. You know, you know the kind of hell I would catch from your dad if I didn't do a rapid fire today. It would not <laughs> go well. So we are going to do a rapid fire. So I have some questions for Jesse, and I want to get your thoughts on them. I may have an opinion on some of them, but I want to get your thoughts on these, Jesse. Question numero uno, and this is the big one. Should Notre Dame continue its series against Navy, or is it time to move on? Uh, for me, I'll keep it short and sweet. I think that Navy uh, deserves to be on the schedule. It is a rivalry that has been around since 1927. Uh, there is a trophy involved, and to me, that is that is a team that you keep on a schedule. You know, it, it's one thing to have rivals. Uh, I, I could say, like, quote-unquote rivals. Maybe the teams that you've played over the last decade or two decades or the teams that have provided you the most competition, you know, at a high level over the, the last few years. But for me, a true rivalry goes back over time. And like I said, they've been on the schedule for almost 100 years now. There is a trophy uh, that is involved, the Rip Miller Trophy. And so, yes, I absolutely believe that Navy should be on the schedule. It's just it, it is one of those tradition things. It is uh, something I always, you know, whether Navy is good or not, I always look forward to the Navy game every year because of the tradition. And I, I like you know, the, the consistency of the tradition of playing the Navy every year. So for, for me, they absolutely belong on the schedule. And the level of respect the two programs have for each other is also something that I greatly appreciate. Absolutely. Next question, Mr. Styers, which rivalry means more to you, USC or Navy? Uh, This one is an easy one for me. It's definitely USC. Uh, the USC rivalry goes back to 1926, so actually longer, one year longer than the Navy uh, rivalry. There is the Jewel Shalali Trophy uh, involved in that one, and again, USC has provided you know more competition. USC dominated college football there for a, a solid amount of time. I've been to tons of high you know high level USC Notre Dame games, the Bush Push, uh, and I've never actually been out to to USC. That's on the bucket list. Actually, making it out. To the Rose Bowl at some point, I, I have. That would be a I great have been, time. I've I've covered a game in the Coliseum. 
a couple couple games be, in Coliseum. Yeah, I'd be super super envious, jealous. Uh, and so yeah, I to me it's USC because of you know oftentimes when when Notre Dame is good and USC is good, those games at the end of the season are determining a lot of things in the college football landscape. And they did for a while. And, and you know the Brady Quinn era and and the Matt Liner era. I just there's so much more historic football when it comes to playing USC. So the USC rivalry means much more to me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Navy series is one I have more respect for. The USC series is the better one, the more important one, and the one that I cherish the most. Uh, so uh, I've had some hard feelings towards USC recently uh, because of some things that they're doing, uh, uh, mainly the uh, the whole leaving the Pac-12 to go join the Big Ten, which I think is a crock of you-know-what. But uh, <laughs> up until this point in time, that's been the series that's meant more, obviously. Uh, let's go to the next one, Jesse. I'm going to jump around a little bit and try to stay within kind of the schedule. If you could add any rival to Notre Dame's schedule, annual schedule, who would it be? So I've talked a lot about what it means to be a true rival to me. To me, rivalry are teams that Notre Dame has been playing for a very long time. There's trophies uh, involved, and there's six of those teams uh, that Notre Dame has uh, trophies with one is Boston College. You know they're on the schedule. They've been playing them since '75. Uh, Navy, they're on the schedule. USC is on the schedule. Stanford's on the schedule. The two teams I look at are Purdue and Michigan State. And so for me, I have always loved 
uh, Michigan State. I have a lot of respect for the, the school of Michigan State. I actually considered going to Michigan State um, at one point because of the, the, the engineering school that they have. They've been playing Michigan State since 1897. The megaphone, the big megaphone trophy um, is involved. So I think the obvious answer might have been maybe Michigan in this case, but I, Notre Dame and Michigan State have been true rivals uh, uh, longer, and I, I consider that more of a rivalry because of that reason. They've been playing them since 1897. The megaphone trophy is involved. There's no trophy uh, involved with Michigan. And I, I again, it sounds stupid, but I put a lot of emphasis on those trophies. If they're because to me, what that signifies is at the end of the season, say you're playing each other and you guys are like, you know, three and six and, and, and two and seven, there's still a trophy on the line that there's still this rivalry of. Even though we're having a bad season, we still want to kick the crap out of our rival and win this game because it means a lot to us. So uh, for me, I would like to have Michigan State back on the schedule. I'm so happy that you said Michigan State and not Michigan because that is one of the most overplayed rivalry, quote unquote, rivalries. For me, it was a it was a it was probably the most entertaining rivalry of my childhood. Because Notre Dame dominated USC when I was a kid. I mean, Lou Holtz didn't lose to USC until like his like second to last year. I mean, they beat USC every year, and it didn't matter where it was or how highly they were ranked. Michigan provided much better games, so they were more entertaining games. But it never it it wasn't the same kind of rivalry like USC was. And so, and of course, over the years, I've come to have a, a, a great disdain for the Michigan program and their fan base and just how they kind of go about their business. So I have zero desire to ever play Michigan again. Michigan State also – Michigan is also – I also have, as I've learned the history of the programs, and Michigan is the school, their anti-Catholicism – I'm not even Catholic, so it's not like it personally offends me, but it's offensive still that they fought so hard to get Notre Dame to – to keep Notre Dame from joining the Big Ten because they didn't want the Catholic school in there. The school that fought to try to get Notre Dame the hardest in the Big Ten was Michigan State. And then the other part too, Jesse, is just like you said, volume. I mean, Notre Dame and Michigan State have played each other a lot more than <laughs> Michigan. I mean, yeah. they've played each other 79 times, where Notre Dame and Michigan have only played each other like 44 times. So I could care. I could not care less about Michigan at this point in time as a rival. I would love to see Michigan. I personally have said I'd get Stanford off the schedule and put Michigan State back on. I'd love to see that. The Michigan State is just that. such a good football program to me. Yeah. It's it's well, you know, well run, well coached. I have a lot of respect for him. And I don't know about you, but one of the, you know, Notre Dame had some, has had some losses over the years, but the one that always stung the most was that overtime fake field goal to Michigan state. That loss for whatever reason. Were you there? I was there too. That one hurt like that. I, I, you know, I watched, I watched the Bush push live. It, it it was up there. Like that game hurt my soul. And that's what to me is a true rivalry, right? Like both those teams were, I think like, they were ranked, but I think they were like, you know, in the twenties to like teens range. So it was just a good solid college football matchup. Um, and that's what I miss and playing Michigan state. And so, man, I'm glad that we agree on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, and, and yep. to your point too, Michigan fans are the worst that, you know, they're so, they're so obnoxious yeah. going to Michigan, going to Ann Arbor is so hostile, not fun for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I lived up in Michigan for a while and I think that's a big, reason too I, yeah. I, I have friends that are michigan fans they are and so worst. i have to deal with i have a friend that i literally text with back and forth almost daily about we're just constantly talking crap to each other about yeah. michigan and notre dame and that's that's what that friendship is <laughs> here's the next one jesse i have this next question for you for the rapid fire uh we're going to kind of go away from the schedule and talk about a couple other things 
you as a former linebacker or defensive coordinator take however you want to look at it what's the worst part of defending the triple option uh i think as a player being in the game the worst part about defending the triple option is the consistent intensity and attack and downhill and just knowing as you know a linebacker you have to throw yourself into that play every single time and their their whole goal is only to get three yards and so like that's a successful play to you and most times as a linebacker when you make a you know a stop for only a gain of you know two three yards that's a you know that's a success but it's not it's and, and then so you're throwing yourself in there every time you're coming downhill you're making you know intensity intensity it's happening again and again and again and it's just so fast and in your face and constantly the physicality of it is definitely i think the worst part about it. you have to you have to mentally be tough every play you have to want to make the tackle every play and i know that, that that's what you know all oh, you play defense that's what you should want to do but there's just layers to defense and just constantly getting smashed like that every play is uh is not the most fun and, and these are big guys too these are big fullbacks that you have to take down they're powerful guys now the flip side what's the favorite what's your favorite part about playing the triple option other than oh, stats no that's it that's the reason <laughs> What do you mean? That's the only good thing that I, I, I would rack up like a 20 piece playing the triple option. That was, that's it. That's, you know, you come out of there, the chicks think you're tough because you got bruises all over you. And then, yeah, yeah, I got 20 tackles that game. No big deal. So produ- it's all about the numbers. Baby. It's all about the production. It's not just receivers and, and running winning. backs, huh? Okay. No, of no. Right, it, we right. got to obviously winning. You know that's right. top priority. You want win, but then right below there is where those that tackle stat line came in for the game. I dig it. Let's talk a little Notre Dame football, Jesse. Number question number one in our rapid fire: Can Notre Dame continue winning through USC and into a major bowl game? without improving throwing the football. Yeah, and I think the Clemson game proved that because the defensive lines and the overall run defense is only going to, you know, theoretically get easier uh, for Notre Dame. And so I have no problem with this very dominant run passing game. And I've said before, I think Notre Dame's best advantage on offense is their three three running backs. It's a three-headed monster, and they can do so many different things with them formationally of, do we want to run downhill and power with you and straight estimate? Do we want to get, you know, more Logan Diggs, kind of that combination of power, but still has elusiveness and can get by you at a second level, you know, past your linebackers and safeties. He's not just running you over. He's making a cut and still getting back into full speed very quickly. And then obviously, you know, Tyree is more of the perimeter player. And so when you establish that power run game, almost like the triple option, you're training the eyes to do certain things. And then Notre Dame just hits you with a quick kind of backside you know, flip out to 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 the running back or maybe a quick flip pass to Mayer out in the flat. They don't have to get deep and, and complex with, with the passing game. Do I think the passing game on top of what they're doing in the run game would take them to an extraordinary next level? Of course, that's that's the kind of final chapter of their offense when you have a great tight end, you have a dominating offensive line, you have a three-headed running back monster that can all do different things effectively. You can add in throwing the ball in there you know, that's what's going to take you to the next level. But for who they're playing right now um, and, you know, kind of the personnel that they have uh, this season, I'm okay with them, you know, not limiting the pass, but it doesn't have to be, you know, the the, the main premiere of the offense when, when the run game is this dominant and, and this in your face the way that, that it was against Clemson. I'm going to throw a few more at you, Jesse, that I didn't give you a heads up for before because you're doing a great <laughs> job and I love I love how you're attacking these questions. So here's a question I have for you. 
if you could say I any team in the top 10 right now that you would look at and say, if I'm Notre Dame, I want to play that team in a bowl game, who would it be and why? Oh, so I'm trying to – I got one, I got to refresh myself from the top 10. So I know okay. that I, I can, Georgia was it. one, two was I'll read Ohio it through State. you now. Okay, I'll give you Three the top ten now. Michigan, so gonna, four TCU, five Tennessee, six through ten is what I need the most help with. Okay, so this is the college football playoff top ten, the one that matters. Six is Oregon, seven is LSU, eight USC. We're taken out because you get them anyway. Nine Alabama, and then of course ten is Clemson because you already have them anyway. So Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Let's take Ohio State out too because you've already played them. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, Oregon, LSU, and Alabama. Uh, for me, off of those teams, I would have to go with TCU um, and Oregon. And I'll tell you why. I wouldn't want to get into a physical matchup with Georgia and Michigan because I think both of those teams know how to play physical. Um, I don't want to – as fun as it would be against LSU, uh, I, I don't want to really get into that. I think there's more that you could kind of play for outside of the drama of obviously, you know, BK and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I think it would get too overhyped. Um, Alabama, I, I'm cool with playing Alabama. Like they've played them in the playoffs before. I'd, I'd like to see some new, you know, a new face. So to me, TCU and Oregon, and I say those two because I think Notre Dame's defense can handle, uh, you know, what they're trying to accomplish offensively and, and more of like a, maybe a passing threat. Notre Dame's secondary is very good. I think if Notre Dame has a defense, it's their linebackers and their run game. Uh, and, and, and even, you know, they, they even shut that down the last game. And I think Notre Dame would expose, that's a big word, expose TCU and Oregon defensively with their power run game. I think they'd have the most ease with what they do best, and that's running the ball downhill against an Oregon and TCU defense. And I think they stack up well uh, in the secondary against what TCU and Oregon are trying to do offensively. So those would be my two two picks. I'm going to give you two choices. you got to pick one. Who would you rather play (laughs) in a bowl game and why? LSU or Bama? Oof. Hmm. I actually, for this season, I would want to go Alabama because I think Alabama is more vulnerable. And you could say you took down an Alabama anytime you can, you know, I don't care what, okay. okay. If, if Alabama is like six and six, probably not the same, but Alabama is still a top 10 team right now. They're still very vulnerable. I think their offense is very, not similar to Clemson's, but I don't, I, 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 okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't necessarily say that they're not similar to Clemson, but I think if you can take away one of their aspects offensively, they kind of become uh, they, they, they might break down kind of like we, we saw with Clemson. So for me, I think Alabama is vulnerable this year. And I think it is always a good look when you can beat Alabama. So I'm going to go with Alabama. Good answer. I think if Notre Dame was able to beat Clemson, USC and Alabama in the same season, that would be Oof. huge for the program. Yeah. Huge for the program. There's no question about it. No question about it. Okay, here's a question, Jesse. I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. This is the last one. Look into your crystal ball and make a prediction. When we get done on what what's the last – what's championship? Let me look this up. What is championship Saturday? What day is that? That's going to be, what, December 5th, correct? Yes. No, that's Saturday, December 3rd. So when we get together on Sunday, December 4th, <laughs> all the smoke is cleared. Who are the four college football playoff teams? Um, you don't have to give me necessarily seating. Just give me who the four, who you think the four would be. I think the four will be Georgia. I think they'll win the SEC. I don't think they'll have any more problems with, I think they've cleared their biggest hurdle. I think Tennessee posed the most threat to them this season. 
Um, I also then, think I mean, Bama would have been the tougher matchup for them than LSU. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I then I'm going to go Ohio State because I think that they are going to win the Big Ten and go undefeated, even though they play a very weak schedule. But that's a different topic. You know, we can get into <laughs> the the weakness of the Big Ten, and it's just a kind of a crapshoot to me. And most years in the Big Ten, um, and so I'm going to go Ohio State there. I don't know how I feel about a one loss Clemson or North Carolina potentially just because of their strength of schedule. And we saw, you know, Notre Dame doing that to Clemson doesn't help the ACC one right. one bit. And so to me, I think a second SEC school has to get in. I think Tennessee is going to sneak its way back into the four. So I have Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State. Um, and then that last spot is is really ultimately kind of wild card spot, a toss up. Um Man, I I think TCU is going to find a way. There's always a Cinderella. There's always kind of one sure. team who everyone thinks doesn't necessarily belong. I think that that TCU is going to go undefeated and hold on to that last spot or, you know, the, the, the remaining spot. So I think we'll see two SEC schools, the Big Ten championship champion. I think it's Ohio State, could be Michigan, and then an undefeated TCU. I am usually a, a really big proponent or not proponent uh, opponent of having two teams from the same conference same but they favor it like that they do uh i will say this however i do think if tennessee goes out there and smacks missouri and smacks south carolina and smacks vanderbilt and looks good they can't just go win their next three games they got to look good doing it i think you're going to look back and say this is a team that beat number 10 alabama this is a team that destroyed lsu who we think is going to play in like if you're georgia you are rooting for LSU to run the table. You do not want them, <laughs> them getting upset by Arkansas. You do not want them getting upset by Texas A&M. You want them being the champs of the of the SEC West because you do not want Bama. Not that Bama's great this year, but they're the more dangerous team, and you know Nick, Nick Saban's going to have that team ready for the SEC title game. LSU is the better matchup for you if you're Georgia, so you want them winning out. So Georgia, I think I'm with you. And honestly, I look at Tennessee, and, and I do think they're one of the four best teams. They just happen to get lose to the best team, right? Yeah, you know who else would have lost to the to best team down. at Georgia? Everyone, Everyone. else in <laughs> football. You know, Why do you think they like, were eight and a half point favorite? Right. You know, you can't right. you can't get down against Georgia when they have right. that kind of defense at home. It's just not a recipe for success. Tennessee got down early and then just couldn't get anything going. On top of that, there was just yep. no catching them at, at, at basically yep. halftime. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCU is interesting because I think their next two games are going to be very telling. Obviously playing at Texas this week, TCU's played a lot of tough games. Here's my concern about TCU. It's kind of like what I felt about uh, Kansas State when I when I predicted that when they lost a couple or the, last week. I didn't think I didn't predict them to lose, but I think it's what happened. And I think it's what happened to Oklahoma State. They played like five really good games in a row and they just kind of like, okay, we can't keep getting up every week and you just kind of hit a wall. And I worry about that a little bit with TCU. They've obviously they've played Oklahoma, they played Kansas, they played Oklahoma State, they played Kansas State. 
back to back to back to back. Then they went on the road to play West Virginia. That was a competitive game for them. This past week, they had a battle with Texas Tech. Are, are they kind of wearing out a little bit? We're going to find out the next two weeks because they play at Texas and at Baylor. I think if they can, I think if they can beat, win those two games, obviously, I think they're in good shape. But I think if they drop this game to Texas, especially it's a close game, they're not completely out of it yet. And it just depends on kind of who the rematch would be against. But I got to see TCU do it one more time before I stop, before I truly, truly buy in to them being that team, because I just think they're just, they've gone through a gauntlet. Look, the big 12 is not the best conference of college football, but it is the deepest conference in college football where literally every team in that league can give you a game on a Saturday. I mean, every single one can give you a game on a Saturday. I like, I've never heard that before, but I like that. Yeah. And I think I think we're going to see a Pac-12 team this year. So I think it's going to be Georgia. I think it's going to be Ohio State, and I think it's going to be Tennessee. And I think if Tennessee, if TCU drops a game the next two weeks, I think there's a chance we could see a Pac-12 team get in, which we haven't seen in a while. Uh, I think Oregon will have a chance, but I think the Pac-12's best chance to get in is for either USC or UCLA. To, to yep. so like UCLA getting a rematch against Oregon because remember the Pac-12 went back to sort of like the Big 12. There's no divisions anymore. Right. So if UCLA wins out, they're getting a rematch against Oregon. Yep. And I think the best thing for them is to, for something like that to happen. And that would only be if you see a TCU drop a game and a, drop it convincingly. Because I still think if TCU loses by a field goal to Texas, depending on who they get a rematch against, you could still see them ahead of the Pac-12 teams. Because the problem is the two best teams in the Pac-12 have nothing out of conference that they can hang their hat on. That's <laughs> that's the problem. You know, because George- Oregon got killed by Georgia – and then UCLA played what? They played uh, Bowling Green. They were losing half the game. Uh, they played Bowling Green. They played Alabama State and South South Alabama at a conference. I think that could end up hurt, killing the Pac-12. Uh, so they're going to need some help. They're going to need, I think, uh, they're going to need TCU to lose and lose big. Because I think if you have a one-loss TCU in the deep Big 12 and a one-loss Oregon or UCLA, you're going to be in trouble. If it's yeah. a close game, which then yes. opens up an opportunity for Clemson yes. because <laughs> Clemson's strength of schedule is a lot tougher than people think. Uh, I think the ACC is better this year than it has been. Uh, I think they're going to get a chance to have a big win over North Carolina, who they're hoping is that if you're Clemson, you need two things to happen. You need Carolina to win out and you need Notre Dame to win out. Yeah. If Notre Dame goes on the road and smacks USC, you can be like, see, <laughs> that was a preseason top five team that finally started playing like a preseason top five team, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you can say. And, and you know, I think that helps that helps Clemson's case because at that point in time, Jesse, if Notre Dame wins out, they're at worst a top 12 team. And you can say, look, we went on the road, we played a top 12 team, and they smacked us in the mouth. But outside of that, we beat a ranked NC State team. We beat a ranked North Carolina team. We beat a ranked Syracuse team when we played. We beat a ranked – uh, Wake Forest team when we played them. Now all of a sudden your resume is looking a little bit better than what Oregon will have beat up, or right. what you, a one loss UCLA will beat up. And say what you want about the big, you know, about how good Michigan looks. If Michigan loses Ohio State, they have zero wins that they can hang zero. their hat on. I'm their best Penn, win is like Maryland. Penn State is their best. I don't win. count Penn State because Penn State you could run a Matt quarterback out at Penn State that could play better than Sam. You know Sam Clifford. So. Yeah, yeah, and we've <laughs> we've seen that happen. So it uh, Penn State is is garbage. I mean, and you know the fact that they intent like I was talking to them, they're like, well, you know, UCLA canceled almost. No, 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 no. Michigan canceled on UCLA. 
and yeah. replace them with the bum trash schedule that we've seen them play. The so three first games no for them were like Colorado Michigan. State, UConn, and someone Hawaii. Else. It's like yeah, Hawaii, Hawaii, Come on. who might be the worst Power Five team or FBS team not named UMass. It really might be. <laughs> so and you yeah, know who so- else is in that conversation? Colorado State. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and you got both this. of them. Think about this. UConn was your best out-of-conference opponent. At 5 UConn, and five, Who almost got football who, shut down a few years ago. Yes. Guess, if I'm not mistaken. They're not good. They're not good. <laughs> I'm going to – don't doesn't ES, yeah, ESPN does that bottom 10 thing. Ryan McGee does that bottom 10 thing. And I'm, I'm going to look at that. See who they're bottom they – They have UCF, US, UC, USF, UMass, Akron, Colorado. Okay, give me a break on that one. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Akron, I'm okay, pretty th- sure, is on this, Ohio State. This is so this funny. isn't a serious one, so I thought it was actually looking at the ten worst <laughs> teams because they, they have Clemson in there, which is kind of silly. Um, so anyway, I mean, you've got two of the worst teams in college football in your non-conference, and you're 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 hanging your playoff resume on a win over a home win over Penn State. Come on, give me a break. That's what so I, mean. I I think what they need is Ohio. That what those because here's the thing. Oh, if Ohio State loses to Michigan in a close game, Ohio State can hang their hat on. We beat Penn State on the road, and we beat Notre Dame, who by that point in time could potentially be ranked in the top thirteen or fourteen. So Ohio State and Clemson fans are both go Irish right now over the next <laughs> month. I mean, they need Notre Dame to win, and Ohio State fans will tell you that. Like we need Notre Dame to win because that's gonna you know because then you would have a win over Ohio State or over. I mean, if they win out, it doesn't matter. But if they lose to Michigan, they're going to need that win over over Notre Dame. I mean, because what would be the difference between Clemson and Ohio State if they both finished, you know, eleven and one? Clemson would be twelve and one, and Ohio State's eleven and one. Ohio State needs to be saying, "Hey, we played Notre Dame and beat them, and you played Notre Dame and got killed by them." You know what I mean? <laughs> and look at Notre right. Dame. You know they're they're ranked in the top fifteen or whatever. So uh, they're going to need that for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think. So, Je- Go ahead. Okay. Bigger picture, I think Georgia, Tennessee, and we agree on Georgia, Tennessee, and Ohio State. And that last one really comes up to debate if TCU doesn't win out and becomes one loss because then it's either yeah. a TCU who presumably is a one-loss team, a Pac-12 champ who's a one-loss team, and an ACC champ uh, that's a one-loss team. And potentially, you know, a, a TCU would be the Big 12 one-loss team or, or right. Big 12, you know, maybe one loss and losing the Big 12 championship. So that's where it becomes, I think, complicated is if TCU loses, it becomes the battle of – the best kind of one loss team. Right. And that gets sticky amongst kind of power five conferences, which is why it's fun that we're expanding here soon. The thing I like about what TCU did is their non-conference ended up not being very good. They played at Colorado. They played Tarleton state and they played at SMU. Right. But they tried, you play at a pac you play two non-conference road games. How many people can say they played two non-conference road games against an FBS team or a power five team and an AAC team, which to me is still the is the best of the non power five conferences. So I, I give them at least a little bit of credit. That's, that's a better attempt than playing Hawaii, Yukon and flipping Colorado state. Like that's <laughs> a joke. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Michigan's schedule is an, an absolute travesty and they did it on purpose. It's they not did. like you can say, well, only, UCLA canceled on game. us. One yeah. game they have to win this entire season. That's it. That's it. I hope that's why I hope Michigan or Ohio State absolutely curb stomps Michigan. Same. I hope they destroy Michigan. And not this because is I the dislike argument Michigan. I get in with my friend every yeah. day. I send him a picture yeah. of their schedule and I say, You can't say anything to me. At least Notre Dame, you know, he's like, Oh, you lost to Stanford and Marshall. Yeah, but at least they they you know they powered up beat somebody. Yeah, we beat yeah. somebody. We gave ourselves the opportunity to be battle tested. You're not battle tested. 
say what you want. I'll take both of Notre Dame's best wins over Michigan's best win right now. Oh, I'll take North 100%. Carolina on the road and Clemson at home over Penn State at home any day of the week. I'll take BYU any day of the week. on the road against uh, over Seriously. Penn State win. Michigan's that's embarrassing. Like to put that <laughs> schedule together is embarrassing. Like Ohio State, Ohio State. Okay, so Notre Dame is going to end up not being as good as people thought. But when they scheduled Notre Dame, Notre Dame was pretty good. You're trying to test yourself there. Yeah. You know? You're putting and, a data point on there that's good. Yeah. It, it gives right. you credit. Right. So forget Michigan, man. And like Oregon, <laughs> I'm going to reward – if it comes down to Michigan or Oregon, yeah, Oregon got killed. But you know what? Oregon tested themselves out of conference. They went down to Georgia and played Georgia, right? That, right. Give me that team over a one-loss Michigan team who <laughs> didn't win their division and played that just – absurd cowardly <laughs> non-conference schedule and that's, so all that. like yeah, so that's all you can say yeah that's all you can say right oregon <laughs> played byu and georgia at a conference i mean that's I mean, now byu ended up not being as good but they've been good recently they, when georgia I, when they when they scheduled them so forget you telling me man. you scheduled uconn you thought they were going to be good come on yeah yeah, the fighting Jim Morris, you know, like, <laughs> hey, man, Sonny Lubbock ain't been at Colorado State in a hot minute, right? So you didn't schedule them thinking they were going to be good. And Colt Brennan, Colt Brennan hasn't been the quarterback in Hawaii in a long time. June Jones has been gone for a while. So don't tell me, like, oh, well, we thought they were going to be good. No, you didn't. Stop lying. Stop lying. You you oh, know, man. it's so – Michigan's a bunch of cowards. So, you know, forget them. They don't deserve to be in the playoff. So forget it. Anyway – Great conversation, Jesse. Great job on the rapid fire. That's going to do it for our show tonight, everybody. We will be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. It'll be me, Ryan, and we will do our predictions for the Notre Dame game against Navy. We'll also do some of our predictions for the big games this weekend. There's some really good matchups. Not quite as good of a weekend as last week, but still a pretty good weekend of college football. So we're going to make our predictions for those as well. And Jesse, you'll be back next Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday. Uh, yep. With you and your dad, right? And then we'll get you back on a post game show in these days. I'm the next time Notre Dame loses, and I hope it's not for a few years. You're definitely gonna be, <laughs> be I gotta on suffer that a show. loss, huh? Yeah, you have to do a post game <laughs> loss show. You gotta earn my I just stripes. hope I don't hope it's not for a while. That's that's my only thing. I just <laughs> I just hope we don't have to do that for a while. So um that that'd be like you got like a six year old by the next time that we have to do a a Notre yeah. Dame law, law that'd show be that'd goal. be nice that'd be nice right hey hey you know frankly he did it once right <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so he had a whole class that never lost a game so we'll go we'll go we'll have some fun with that so anyway for Jesse Styers great job today Jesse very very well Thank done you. I'm Brian we will talk to you all again very soon on the Irish Breakdown podcast and follow the instructions below. <laughs>
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.